In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Father, let your glorious presence fill this place, O God. Sweet Holy Spirit, we yield to your dictates and your control that Christ our Lord and Savior might be glorified in our lives. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we have worshipped. Amen. Go on, let's appreciate God with a clap of Please appreciate the worship team. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated in the wonderful presence of God. About 6,000 years ago, there's this phenomenon that happened. And then 2,000 years ago, another phenomenon happened. But if we go back to 6,000 years ago, the people of God, the children of Israel, they had been in captivity in a foreign land for 430 years. They'd been in bondage. They'd been held captive. They were slaves. And then God came as he promised to bring his children out of captivity. He didn't come quietly. He came in his majesty, in his glory. Because the Bible tells us that with ten mighty miracles, ladies and gentlemen, he showed his awesome power and glory to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And then after the, the tenth final miracle, that final act, Pharaoh said for the children of Israel to go. And then as they were going, God was saying, no, I haven't finished, I haven't finished just yet. Because as they went, Pharaoh and his, uh, his charioteers started to run out, chase after the Israelites. And then, I'll never forget the way the Bible puts it, they stood in front of the Red Sea, and then God says to Moses, Moses, that I will show my glory, I will show my holiness in the lives of these Egyptians. And then he stretches out his hand, and then, ladies and gentlemen, this awesome phenomenon, where the Red Sea parts, and then... Three million Israelites, men, women, and children, walk on dry ground. But then God wasn't finished just yet because Pharaoh is still chasing them into the, into the Red Sea. And then the Bible tells us that, that, that the east wind came and then blew the, 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 the sea back over Pharaoh and his charioteers, eliminating a whole generation of Egyptians. So on the other side of the Red Sea, the Israelites are celebrating this great God. And then Miriam, the prophetess, in Exodus 15, verse 11, says, Who is like unto you, O Lord? Amongst the gods, who can compare with you? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, always doing wonders. Ladies and gentlemen, that same God is still alive. And should I tell you, the same way he demonstrated his glory and his power 6,000 years ago, he still wants to do today. God wants to show his power and his glory more than ever before. And as I said in the first service, I, I, I just sense where in this dispensation where God wants to show himself strong on the behalf of his people. And that's why God is challenging us today with this message, you're talking about the power of his holiness. But then, if, if God is going to show himself strong on our behalf, the starting point must always be knowing this God. Because if we don't, then we run the risk of not recognizing God, and not just recognizing God in terms of his presence and his acts, but then even profaning the things of God. So, so I, I, 
I, I always, always, each time I read this scripture, I'm challenged in Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus, the Son of God, is walking on the face of the earth, and then he, he almost like pauses, and from verse 13, he says to his disciples, who do people say that I am? Who do men say that I am? And then I'm sure you know the rest of the discourse because the disciples say that some say that you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say that, that you're Jeremiah the prophet. And then he says, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter makes that remarkable uh, statement that you are the son of God. Jesus says to Peter, only God could have revealed this to you. Ladies and gentlemen, if God is going to demonstrate his glory and his power amongst his people, then the revelation of God, particularly the revelation of God's holiness, must be more profound in our hearts like never before. It's interesting. I was reading a story in Mark chapter 1 where Jesus went into the temple. It was like church one Sunday and was preaching. And as he was preaching, you know, the, the people were marveling at the, the authority by which he spoke. And then the Bible says that a demon-possessed man just looked at him and said, that, 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 why are you interfering with us? I know who you are. You are Jesus, the Holy One of God. Isn't it amazing, ladies and gentlemen, even demons know who Jesus is. How much more the people of God? And why is this important? There are three things that are critical in God's heart. There are three things that drive God. The first is always that he wants to bring people into a saving knowledge of him, a saving relationship with him through Christ Jesus. That's always paramount in, in God's heart. But then he doesn't stop there. From salvation, he wants his people to live with him daily, experiencing his glory. He said the miracles we hear about in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, that we read about in the Bible, the things that we hear about, God wants us to experience them daily in his presence. And then God wants us to manifest his holy character. Those things are very important to God. But it is all predicated on recognizing who God is, the essence of who God is. And there's no better story you know, to drive that home than a story that I came across that has just been challenging me over the last few days. In Leviticus chapter 9, Leviticus, Leviticus, um, that's after Exodus, Leviticus chapter 9, it's interesting that God, having brought his children out of Egypt, now takes them in the wilderness, and then he instructs Moses to build a tabernacle for him. The whole essence of the tabernacle was exactly what I've just said to you, that God wanted to live amongst these people. He didn't want to be a God that was far away. So he says to Moses, build this tabernacle so that my glorious presence will be constantly amongst you. It's very interesting. Leviticus chapter 9 from verse 22. It says, after that, I'm reading the New Living Translation, Aaron raised his hands towards the people. They had just finished uh, constructing the tabernacle. Aaron raised his hands toward the people and blessed them. Then after presenting the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering, he stepped down from the altar. Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle, and when they came back out, they blessed the people again, and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Verse 24, fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell face down on the ground. Should I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's about time we're seeing more of the manifest presence of, of the glory of God. That will be a worship like this and the fire of God will come. A fire that demonstrates the glory of God, the power of God in our midst. But you will not believe. Literally, 
minutes after, well, I don't know if it's minutes afterwards, but the next chapter, in chapter 10, listen to this. Aaron's sons, in Leviticus chapter 10, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu. Now, Nadab and Abihu were the sons of, of Aaron, the, prof, the, the, the priest. These were the priests, like you and I, who, who worshipped before God, who ministered before God. He says, they put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, different than he had commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died before, before the Lord. One minute, a fire that brought the glory and the power of God. People fell down in reverence. The next minute, a fire that consumed the people. Why? Because they did not recognize the holiness of God. They profaned the things of God. They, they, they took God care, carelessly. Verse 3. And then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all the people. God wants to display his holiness. And what is this holiness of God? How does one begin to describe the holiness of God? You know, I, I, I said in the first service, even though there are points on the, on the screen, I tried to describe from my heart. And ladies and gentlemen, I, you know, you know the, the, the holiness of God is just the awesomeness of God. The, 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 the self-sufficiency of God. A God who exists by himself. He, he does not need anybody to exist. A God who stands separate from the universe that he created. And ladies and gentlemen, the universe is, is a vast universe. Yet this majestic God stands separate from the universe. The holiness of God, ladies and gentlemen, is the purity of God. It's the sanctity of the majesty of God. The holiness of God is what encompasses all of his character. Do you know the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the mercy of God, the, 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 everything about God is all ensconced in the holiness of God. The purity of God. And I could go on and on. A God who is the same. A God who the, 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 there's no shadow, there's no turning in him. A God who is consistent in all of his ways. One God. There's no other God. No wonder, ladies and gentlemen, that in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah has a revelation of this God. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, it starts by saying, In the year, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy Holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook, shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, this is Isaiah, then I said, it's all over. I am doomed, for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Isaiah was petrified by the awesomeness of God. But ladies and gentlemen, it's this same glory of God that he wants to reveal to you and I. Now, this is where it starts to get challenging. Because this awesome God, who the angels are bowing down to, this awesome God who is so far removed from the, the entirety of the universe, this mighty, powerful God, self-existing God, he brings an invitation to you and I. And this is what the Bible says. In Leviticus chapter 11, God speaks through Moses and through Aaron. 
It says from verse 45, it says, For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. And then listen, ladies and gentlemen, it says, Therefore, you must be holy because I am holy. A holy God, so distinct, so perfect, so pure, is saying, He's inviting you and I to be holy like He is. And somebody might be thinking, Is this a setup? Is this God, you know, is, 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 is there something, is God trying to trick us so that he can kill us like Abihu and uh, what's, what's the other person's name? Yeah, thank you, that one. <laughs> because how can anybody be pure like God is? How can anybody be perfect like God is? And then Peter, God bless Peter's soul. First Peter chapter, chapter 1. It says from verse 13, this is Peter by the unction of the Holy Spirit. It says from verse 13, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. From verse 14, it says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own des desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. Mind-blowing invitation, ladies and gentlemen, that this vast God is saying that we can come and be like him. And that's what I wanted to challenge us with this afternoon in a, in a few minutes. The question, how can we be holy? How can we be the way that God has said to be holy like God is? And the answer is very simple, ladies and gentlemen, that there's something that is called holiness by relationship. There's absolutely no way human beings, flawed, flawed human beings can ever be perfect like God. But then, God's plan was that as we come into a relationship with him, his holiness rubs, us, rubs, rubs off on us. His holiness is imputed to us by virtue of his presence and his relationship with us. I'm reminded of the first time Moses comes across um, 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 God. God. In Exodus chapter 3, and he's walking, and the Bible says that he sees a, a bush that is burning, and th this is God's way of attracting his attention. And then he turns towards the bush, and then he hears the voice of God that says, Moses, Moses, take off your feet, because the ground that you're on is holy. I ask the question, ladies and gentlemen, was the ground holy? Was the ground holy? Was the ground holy? No, it wasn't the ground that was holy. It was the presence of God in that place that made the ground holy. Guess what? The moment that encounter finished and, and God went away, if Moses came back the next day, that, 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 that ground was not holy. Does somebody understand this? You know, we're in worship and, and we're worshiping and, and then by the inspiration of the Spirit, we start to sing a song, you know, that, 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 that we are standing on holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. It is not the ground that is holy. It is the presence of God that has imputed His holiness. Does somebody understand this? In the same way that it is as a person comes into a relationship with God that God imputes His holiness on us. And this is done through Christ Jesus. That we're made holy through our relationship with God, through Christ Jesus. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, puts it. It says from verse 2, I'm writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. And I love the way Jesus himself puts it in John chapter 17. This is Jesus about to depart from the earth. 
and he's having a discourse with his father in heaven. In John 17 from verse 13, listen, he says, now I am coming to you. This is Jesus talking to, to his father. He says, now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. He's talking about the people who, have, who God has given him, the children of God. But to keep them safe from the evil one, verse 16. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Verse 17. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. And verse 19, he says, And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. That's the privilege we have. Jesus says, you know what, Lord, I know it is impossible for mortal man to be holy like you, but I know it's what you desire, that they come into this holy relationship. But you know what, I give myself as a holy sacrifice so that you can become holy. Isn't it a privilege, ladies and gentlemen, that you and I can come into the presence of this majestic God? But guess what? Every time he looks at you and I, he doesn't see you. He sees the blood of Jesus. So we are made holy through our relationship with God. But then it doesn't stop there. Because God says, be holy as I'm holy. I've imputed holiness on you through your relationship with me, sorry, through, blah, blah, blah. I've imputed holiness on you through Christ Jesus in your relationship with me. But then he wants us to walk in holiness with him. And there are three components of this, ladies and gentlemen. But before I go into these three components, it's interesting that the more I thought about this, because, you know, anytime people talk about holiness, it sounds like such a big word. And I realize that the reason is because the word holy or holiness has been bastardized. It's been stigmatized because people have taken it out of the context of what God intended for it to be. So for a lot of people, you know, holiness, you know, I, I said in the first service, you know, do you know we have conversations amongst ourselves sometimes and we're saying, you know, somebody, somebody's saying disparagingly to another person and says, um, um, you, you, you're being holier than thou. You hear that, don't you? you know, and it's all, almost disparaging as if you're just being too, too pure, too whatever. And, and then I read some place um, where there was a conversation between two pastors and one pastor was, was saying, um, we are a holiness church. And another was saying, well, we are not a holiness church. I'm thinking, may God open our eyes. Every single child of God has been called to be holy. That's the desire of God. And you'll understand why it is important very soon, ladies and gentlemen, because God, without, his holy, without holiness, he cannot show his glory and his power in the lives of his people. So what does it mean to be holy? I'm talking about people who have bastardized this great word of God. I read a story of a lady who went to her pastor, and she said to her pastor, Pastor, um, I just came to inform you politely that I'm leaving this church. And the pastor said, um, oh, uh, wh wh why are you leaving? Is there a problem? She said, yes, pastor. The problem is that in this church, not this church, in the, the church, he said, in this church, that, you know, the problem is that people are not serious. You know, sometimes during worship, people are on their phones, you know, people are gossiping, you know, people are just doing different things, and, you know, I, I've just had enough. So she, she said she was leaving. So the pastor said, okay, can you do me a favor? Can you wait till next Sunday before you leave? Because apparently this was after service. Can you wait till next Sunday? She, she says, no problem. So the next Sunday, she goes to meet the pastor. So the pastor gives her a glass of water and says, uh, sister, just do me a favor. Just take this glass of water 
and walk around the church two times. But please make sure that you don't spill any water from the glass. So she takes the glass and walks around the, 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 the church twice and then comes back to the pastor afterwards. And then the pastor says, did any water spill? She said, no. She says, fantastic. She says, sister, did you see those people who gossip? She said, no. Do you see those people who were on their telephones? He said, no. He said, why? He said, because I was focused on the water not spilling. The pastor said, that's what you are called to do. To focus on God rather than legislating your own ideals on people. So a lot of people have interpreted holiness in their own ways. What has become legalism, rules and regulations. You don't put on lipstick. That isn't what makes you holy. What is holiness and what does it mean? The first thing, ladies and gentlemen, is the word means to be separated from the world. Remember, God pulled his people out of Egypt, and then he took them to the promised land. Even as they were going towards the promised land, he kept saying to them, the land that I'm taking you, you must be careful not to intermix with the people who do not know God because they will corrupt you. Holiness is to separate oneself from the ideas, the thoughts, Avoiding the ways of thinking and behavior that characterize people who do not know God. And isn't that what Paul says in, in, in the book of Romans chapter 12? Scriptures that we read all the time and quote all the time. But that's exactly what holiness means. Romans chapter 12. Uh, you know the scripture, Romans chapter 12. He says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a what? A living and a holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. And then he says, this is truly the way to worship him. He goes on to say, this is what he really means. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will know, learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's what it means to be holy, to be separated from the ways and ideologies and behaviors and thinking that characterize people that don't know God. I love 2 Corinthians. I didn't read it in the first service, but if somebody would permit me to read it in the second service, 2 Corinthians 6, from verse 14. It says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among believers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I'll be your father and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. That is holiness. You know, I was, I was talking to prophetess Francina uh, a while back and she was saying that a lot of young people that one of the things is she was talking about young ladies that one of the things that they've complained about is that when they were in the world you know they saw all these things that were happening and then God touched their hearts and then they came into the church but that they came into church and found the same things happening in church that's not holiness because holiness is a separation from. And somebody might say, but, 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 you know, the Bible says that we should go out into the world to evangelize. But you know what? I came across a quote. The quote says, it says something like this. It says, walking through the gutter does not mean you have to lie in it. Does somebody understand? What does holiness mean? Holiness, the second thing, it means to be devoted to God. 
Holiness means that you, God is everything to you. In the same way that God is devoted to you and I, my brother and my sister. Because I'm sure you know by now, it cost God a lot for his son to die on the cross. And then the third thing, what does it mean to be holy? It's very simple. I said to you, holiness is the embodiment of the character of God. To be holy, like God is holy, simply means to imitate God. And how do you imitate God? Somebody might say, it's simply to imitate the Son of God, who himself is the Holy One. Remember in Mark chapter 1, the, the, the demon-possessed man says, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God, referring to Jesus. So when God says, be holy as I'm holy, he's simply saying, imitate my character. Imitate Jesus. That's what Christ-likeness is about. And I say all of this, ladies and gentlemen, because I feel God is impressing strongly that if we're going to see his glory and his power manifest, God wants to manifest his power incidentally. God wants to manifest his glory and his power in the nations, in the world. But who is he going to manifest them through? It's through you and I. And if the power of God is going to come like he did in the, in, in the days of the Bible, his people must be holy like he's holy. Ephesians 4. 20. Ephesians 4. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Verse 23. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God. Created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. Colossians 3, 16 to 17. Time doesn't permit. But to be holy simply means to live out the values of the king that we follow and his kingdom. It is to act in a way that is in harmony with the identity of Christ. That's all that holiness means, ladies and gentlemen. That there's no two-sidedness about our Christian walk. It's either this or that. That's the way God is. And all that is by the work of the Spirit. Holiness is a heart alignment with the Spirit of God that allows the Spirit to, to, to produce Christ in us. Another quote says, Authentic faith must always reveal itself in works of holiness that please our Father. You know, if this, this thing we call Christianity is going to be authentic, it needs to be, to be seen in our lives. There must be a distinction between the people who know God and those who don't. You know, that's why when Moses said to, to God in Exodus 33, he said to God, he said, Lord, you know, this place that you're taking us, this promised land that you're taking us, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. And then he makes a profound statement. He says, how will people know that there's a distinction between us and them? How? It's the presence of God that makes the distinction. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It is the holiness of God that we portray to the world that makes the distinction. That's how people know that God is with you. That's how people know that you're a child of God. That's what makes the distinction. And somebody might ask, okay, but what does this thing called holiness look like in practice? What does it really look like? And there are a number of things that I can live with you, but if there's one thing that I will live with you, ladies and gentlemen, it is this word, that holiness is a life of integrity. Do you know that the word holy comes from the same root word as the word integer? And those of you who did mathematics or, is it mathematics or arithmetic? Um, math, well, okay. One of them. The word, an integer, is a whole number, not a fraction. And that's where the root, the, the word integrity comes from, that one whole, something that is whole. 
And so a holy God is a whole God. He's perfect in his ways. He's pure in his ways. There's no variableness in him. He's, he's a God who, he, you know, God cannot lie because he's holy, he's one. And all God is asking, you remember, is imitate me. So live a life of integrity. Be like me. Whatever you say, mean what you say. I, I was trying to find, um, there was a cartoon that, that, that I, I, sorry, cartoon. What did I say before? So, sorry. My children would correct me when I get home. A cartoon. A cartoon. There was a cartoon. I was trying to get the picture. Um, it, it showed, it showed, uh, it showed pigs in a farm, and um, they were being fed by the, 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 the farmer. He was just you know, putting lots of food around them, and they were enjoying the food. And then, because they can't read, they didn't see the sign that was on top of the farmhouse. It read, Premium Bacon. And then, you know the way they use uh, all those things to show conversation between the pigs? And the pigs were saying to themselves, I wonder why the farmer has been so nice to us. You didn't get that. He was being nice to them because he wanted to use them for premium bacon. His motives towards the pigs were wrong. All his affection towards the pigs were actually not right. What is your motive to your fellow brother or sister? Integrity is holiness. Meaning what you say and saying what you mean. I, I, I was on the plane um, a few weeks ago on my way back from Lagos. And uh, I was lying down. It was a morning flight. So I was lying down to sleep. And um, I, I, does this happen to you when you're like asleep or half awake and there's a song going on in your, in your heart? Does this happen to you? You know, when there's a song. So I was asleep on the plane and there was this song that was just going on and on in my, in my heart. A song I love a lot. Uh, King of glory, fill this place. Just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. And it was just going on. King of glory, fill this place. And, you know, I don't know how long it was going on for. And then all of a sudden, um, the plane just started to shake a bit. And then uh, the, 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 the pilot comes on and says he's switching on the, the seat belt because we're going through, uh, 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 what's, what's it called? A turbulence, yes. And you know, they always say, um, it's nothing to worry about. Just, just, just. But then the, the plane started to shake quite violently. You know, it was one of those very, very um, uh, pr profound, uh, turbulent areas and all that. And you know, the song was going on, King of Glory, fill this place, just want to be with you. Do you know, all of a sudden, I heard a voice in my spirit that said, do you really mean that? So I thought, do you really mean what? You know, you know, said, you just want to be with me? Said, do you really mean that? So, and then the voice said, you know, we can arrange that, you know? So guess what, Liz? I started to negotiate with God. I said, no, I didn't mean it like that. That, that, you know, what I meant is, you know, to enjoy your presence, you know, to, do you know, we sing all those songs, do we really mean them? Holiness is integrity. Holiness is a life of love. I love the way Paul puts it in Romans chapter, chapter, chapter 12, I think it is, yes, chapter 12. He says in chapter 12, verse 9, he said, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. And you know, we're so good at all this Christian is. I love you, I love you. You love, love God. Do you mean that? Holiness is a life of humility. Remember, it's imitating the character of God. And I thought I should challenge somebody. You know, some people find it difficult to say sorry. You just humble yourself and be like the God who humbled himself for you. Holiness is a life of forgiveness. Holiness is a life that respects and honors others. Ladies and gentlemen, the power of holiness you and I must rediscover. 
If God is going to show himself as God to the world, he must first show himself as God in your life and in my life. His glory and his power must return to his church again. But ladies and gentlemen, a holy God will show his power through a holy people. That's why he says, be holy as I'm holy. God is calling us to a more authentic life in Christ. God wants us to protect his integrity. Remember, holiness is integrity. So that his name is not profaned. I'd like us to read this scripture in Ezekiel 36 in the Message Bible as we end the service. Ezekiel 36 in the Message Translation, please. Message Translation. God's message came to me. This is Ezekiel. Go on. Son of man. When the people of Israel lived in their land, they polluted it by the way they lived. I poured out my anger on them because of the polluted blood they poured out on the ground. And so I got thoroughly angry with them, polluting the country with their wanton murders and dirty gods. I kicked them out, exiled them to other countries. I sentenced them according to how they had lived. Wherever they went, they gave me a bad name. People said, these are God's people, but they got kicked off his land. I suffered much pain over my holy reputation, which the people of Israel blackened in every country they entered. Therefore, tell Israel, message of God, the master, I'm not doing this for you, Israel, I'm doing it for me. To save my character, my holy name, which you've blackened in every country where you've gone. I'm going to put my great and holy name on display. The name that has been ruined in so many countries, the name that you blackened wherever you went. Then the nations will realize who I really am, that I am God when I show my holiness through you so they can see it with their own eyes. I pray that it will be the glory in Levit Leviticus 9 where, you know, the, the awesome presence of God fills a place and people cannot stand just because of the majesty, the weight of the glory of God. But all that happens when his people are holy. I want to end by encouraging someone. Everything that we're looking for in God, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his faithfulness, all of those things are wrapped up in the holiness of God. You know why it is important? Because holiness means that God is consistent. So his love will be consistent in your life. His mercy will be consistent in your life. His, his, his faithfulness will be consistent in life. The promises that he has made to you, they will be consistent because of his holiness. Amen? Let me end Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. It says... And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we have affirmed, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Whatever promise God has made to you, God can be trusted to keep it. Do you know why? Because he's a holy God. Let's bow our heads. I challenge myself as I challenge you, ladies and gentlemen. This work of holiness, it can't be done by our works. It can't be done by our power. It can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. But isn't it encouraging that the Spirit of God lives inside of you and I? That's why He's called the Holy Spirit. He's looking for holy tabernacles that he can walk in, that he can flow through because he wants to bring about the plans and purposes of God. All he's asking, ladies and gentlemen, is that we will just yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. 
Can somebody just say, Spirit of the living God, come and have your way in my life. Just, just come and do the work of holiness in me. I can't do it by myself, but I know you can. You are the Holy Spirit of God. Let this temple, this tabernacle that you reside in, let it be a holy tabernacle unto God that will please God, that will bring the glory of God. And that's why Paul, Paul says in, in Philippians 1 verse 6, he says, God who has started this good work in you, he will be faithful to complete it. God wants to complete this work in your life and in my life so that our lives will glorify God. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit, please come and have your way, have your way. Let me be a vehicle of your glory, a vehicle of your presence. And as we're praying in our hearts to God, if there's anyone here who is saying, you know, I would like a relationship with God. This holy God, I want to draw close to him. But I recognize that it can only be through Christ Jesus. The starting point is for you to invite Jesus into your heart, asking him to be your God. Remember, all God wants is a people who would have a relationship with him. And if there's anyone here with all heads bowed who's saying, I, I, I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to separate myself from the life that I've been living before. I want him to come and rule in my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I'd like to join you in praying as you pray in your heart, but if you can please just signify, if you put up your hand, so I know that you're inviting Jesus into your, into your heart. Anybody, just do that if you've never done this before. If you just put up your hand, the rest of us, let, let's just say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do your work in me. 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 Oh, we worship you. We worship you. Have your way in my life, oh God. Awesome God.
worship you, Lord. We worship you, We worship you, Lord. We worship you, We worship you, We worship you, We worship you, God. Let your glory fill this nation. Let your glory fill our lives, oh God. Let your glory fill this nation, oh God. temples of your glory, O God, of your holy presence, O God. Use us as your instruments, Father, to bring your glory to a dark world, O God. Holy Spirit, purge our lives, transform us, O God. Blessed be your holy name. We're so grateful for this privilege to be your tabernacles, to be your temples. We don't take it for granted, O Lord. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we have worshipped. Hallelujah.